0: This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Summer is just around the corner, and unlike last year, we might be able to enjoy some outdoor sun this year. Today, Chicago beaches are finally open to the public again for the first time since 2019. As the city lifts even more COVID restrictions, it feels like things are finally getting back to normal. But will things ever be like our pre-pandemic normal? Well, joining me now to answer those questions and more is infectious disease specialist Dr. Mia Terramina from the DuPage Medical Group. Hi, doctor. Welcome back.
1: Hi, Sasha.
0: Doctor, with Memorial Day weekend coming up and uh, the city expecting increased traveling, you know, about 1.7 million Illinois residents specifically are expected to go somewhere this weekend. What are your thoughts on this? Do you think it's safe enough to travel right now?
1: I think we're definitely in a much better place than we were last year at this time. We we are seeing more than half of all Illinois residents having received vaccines um, and being fully vaccinated at this point. So uh, we're definitely at a, at a crossroads where every adult who has wanted to be vaccinated has been vaccinated. And many who have been on the fence and considering are moving towards really thinking all the opportunities afforded to them this summer, if they can get fully vaccinated and join the ranks and we are getting to a point where we are able to travel around a bit more safely and uh, enjoy some of these things.
0: So what precautionary measures would you ask that travelers take to stay safe?
1: I, I still think that masking is very reasonable when social distancing can't be maintained, and that's indoors and outdoors, even if you're fully vaccinated. So as a fully vaccinated individual, um, outdoor activities obviously are going to be more safe than indoor activities. And unless you're at a very large festival or sporting event or something where social distancing is impossible, um, I, I think that it's very reasonable to be unmasked. And same thing with indoor activities. If you're fully vaccinated indoors and it's not a con- Contact sport that you're participating in and there's the opportunity for a reasonable amount of distancing and you're fully vaccinated, yep, I think that we likely can be unmasked. Uh, It's just one of those things where uh, keeping that mask with you is probably in the best interest if you run into a scenario where it seems a bit crowded.
0: Yeah, the um, weather's not the greatest today, but Chicago beaches are also open now after more than a year. So same rules then as far as gathering in these big crowds?
1: Yeah, you know, I think that that outdoor activities are going to be very safe, especially if you are fully vaccinated. If you're an unvaccinated individual and you're maybe going to be going down and participating in a, a volleyball game with a lot of contact with other individuals or something like that, you might want to consider uh, keeping masked, uh, just because we don't want to unknowingly expose somebody to what is likely a number of circulating variant strains right now that could cause a significant clinical illness. In, in the last couple of weeks, I've really the. Vast majority of individuals that I've seen and cared for have been unvaccinated ones so mm-hmm. um, you know that those are the folks that are, are getting hit the hardest um, but yeah otherwise uh, even with these kids being unvaccinated the number of adults being vaccinated has really driven down the chances of these kids getting exposed uh, in any meaningful way in mixed company so we're, we're in good shape with outdoor activities even involving our children this summer
0: but What's nice is, is I feel like the overall tone of this summer, and, and tell me if you feel it too, I feel like the overall tone compared to last summer feels drastically different. Like We have fewer restrictions, less fear. I feel like last year we were just scared to do anything. Right right,
1: and there was, and that's what it, it does feel like, so when we talk about that return to normal uh, you know I, I don't know that we're ever going to have completely normal again. I think it's going to be normalized for people who choose to do so uh, to be masked for an indefinite amount of time moving forward. Some folks may simply um, feel that masking is something that they want to continue to do for a very long time, and it's going to be normal to see individuals masked in the grocery stores or at a sporting event for a long time to come but the activities that we couldn't do, going to the beaches, getting on the lakeshore path, um, going to our kids' sporting events and things like that, are going to feel as they did for the most part two summers ago.
0: Let's hear now from Michael, who's waiting on the line in Evanston. Hey, Michael, welcome to Reset.
1: Hi, thank you.
0: I hear you're a fellow swimmer like Dr. Taramina. What's your question today?
1: Oh, she's real good. Well, my question is about swimming not in a lake but indoors in a gym, you know, lap swimming where you share a lane with people. Uh, by by its very nature, uh, when you swim, you expel, you forcefully expel a uh, breath. Um, you know, there's a lot of heavy breathing, um, and you're right next to people that you don't know. Uh, is is this is this safe to do? So swimming remains one of the safest activities. And, you know, to the extent that we have uh, a number of unvaccinated individuals still, the recommendation is still to kind of only lane share with people that you know, people that are in your circle, people that are in your family. Some gyms still have the restrictions that it's still one per lane. Um, I have no problem lane sharing with people that have been in my cohort, other adults that I know are fully vaccinated. Um, And then uh, for the most part, too, even if you are with unvaccinated, People and the pool has multiple people per lane. You're going to be in a scenario where the chlorine just is a is is a big foe for for COVID virus, and it just doesn't do well in in these pools. So it's not a meaningful place where the spread will occur at all.
0: Thank you, Michael. Let's hear now from Stuart, who's calling from Algonquin. Hi, Stuart. Welcome to Reset.
1: My question is: There are many of us that have. Um, survived the COVID virus, and have been released by our doctors, but we can't get vaccines. In my case, I can't get a vaccine for 60 days. So what are the, the advice for us? I mean, do we have to mask? Do we, are we considered the same as somebody that's vaccinated? Um, any guidance we can give? I always hear the guidance about if you're vaccinated, if you're not vaccinated, but I don't hear anything about those people that have survived COVID.
0: Good this question, is an Stuart. excellent yeah. question.
1: Yes, Stuart. I just I got this question earlier today as well. Um, you know, the, the reality is, is that someone who has just recovered from COVID uh, is at least 10 days beyond their clinical diagnosis or their positive test is regarded as most likely having antibodies for a period of at least 90 days, possibly longer, but those antibodies will fall off after that point of time. So that's why it's re- recommended for everybody to be vaccinated after they've had COVID. Personally, I would regard somebody who's fully vaccinated and within the 90 day period where they likely have protective antibodies as being the same as somebody who is vaccinated because those antibodies are highest in those first 90 days. That being said, there's a little bit of misinformation out there that you have to wait 90 days to get vaccinated. You can be vaccinated after recovering from COVID as soon as two weeks after your diagnosis. So you do not have to wait a full 90 days to be vaccinated. If you're feeling well, you've symptomatically recovered, and at least 14 days have passed since your diagnosis. You can go ahead and get vaccinated right now. Join the ranks of those with more durable, long-lasting antibodies.
0: Well, uh, I want to talk about the the COVID-19 variants for just a moment, because as we all know, the variants are more contagious and they they spread faster than regular uh, COVID virus, COVID-19 viruses. Uh, more than 7,000 COVID variants uh, cases have been detected in our state. So, Doctor. Is that a number that we should be concerned about?
1: The vast majority of all the circulating strains right now are variant strains, and the good news is our vaccines are holding up quite well against all the variants that are circulating. So we need to continue to drive that vaccine uh, distribution in order to stop these variants from mutating further. A concern we're having on the clinical side is one of our main tools that we're using uh, for folks that are at risk of severe COVID is to infuse monoclonal antibodies very early on in select cases. While these variants are, are overcoming the protectivity of some of our monoclonal antibodies, and we've had to pivot a couple of times on products that we're using that are able to still fight against the variants. So it's not just a matter of these variants overcoming vaccine. These variants may overcome our available therapeutics as well. So we need to continue pressing forward.
0: So Pfizer and AstraZeneca have been shown to be effective against the Indian variant. Um, How worried should recipients of Moderna and Johnson & Johnson be?
1: So it's not that it's a it's a zero, it's not going to happen at all. So even getting a Johnson & Johnson vaccine and then getting exposed to one of these double mutants or the variants coming out of India or some of the stronger variants coming out of Brazil, um, you should still have some protectivity, be that you are going to be protected. Against getting COVID, but the severity of the clinical illness you get, regardless of what vaccine you've received, should be much less, and you should be much less likely of having a severe course, hospitalization, or
0: death. We already know about variants from the UK and South Africa and Brazil, but there's also this variant from California, the B1427 and B1429, that are less talked about. Uh, and there are more than 500 cases here in our state. Can you just remind us what this variant is and, and- Why we haven't heard that much about it? It's
1: similar to other variants that we have had. So possibly we haven't heard as much about it, because again, the available vaccines are doing fairly well against this. And California's vaccine rates have been a very good. So we're, we're trying to dampen the impact of some of these variants circulating in the community. We have variants coming out of New York that are similar as well. And in fact, the strain coming out of India bears a resemblance to some of these variants in California and New York. In general, all of these variants have, you know, 34. Mutations from the giant genomic particle that is COVID virus. So it's not uh, something that has uh, so dramatically changed, create a new epidemic strain, and that's the biggest concern. So, again, continuing with the available vaccines is going to stop these variants from really wreaking havoc on us.
0: On the topic of vaccines, right now anyone over the age of 12 can get vaccinated. So, what is the research? on kids under 12 being safe to get the shot?
1: We're getting there. Um, It's anticipated that we're going to have numbers probably in September or October. And I remain optimistic that the youngest kids from uh, 2 to 12 will be able to be fully vaccinated by the end of the year or by the holidays, which would be wonderful. Um, What's being worked out is that we have safety and efficacy from age 12 and up. And Moderna has uh, released some information as well that they had um, zero cases. COVID in 12 and up during their trials. So hopefully we'll get emergency use authorization for the Moderna vaccine in that age group as well. But 12 and up are currently receiving the same dose as adults. Mm -hmm. So now as we go down, we tinker through what the dosing is going to be for the smallest children to achieve the same neutralizing antibodies, minimize side effects and probably going to take a little bit longer.
0: Let's jump to the phone lines. Natasha's on the line from Rogers Park. Hi, Natasha. What's your question for the doctor?
1: Hi. Hi, doctor. Um, I have a question. I'm fully vaccinated, but I'm confused as to why I would take off my mask if I could still catch variants. That's a great question, and and I'm right there with you. I'm fully vaccinated. I'm a healthy individual, and I um, continue to mask. I'm partially in solidarity with my young daughter, who's not fully vaccinated yet, and a lot of these kids that are still being asked to mask in various uh, locations. You are much less likely to get infected, even with the variants. And if you do come infected, what we do know is that you are much less likely to be an asymptomatic spreader of the virus. And even when symptomatic, you're going to be much less likely to spread the virus versus if you had been unvaccinated completely. So no 100% guarantees in life, but in general, fully vaccinated individuals are going to be not major drivers of this infection. So unless you are in large crowds or you are with unvaccinated individuals or people that are very um, medically fragile, uh, I think that being unmasked is still reasonable uh, for you in most settings.
0: Doctor, uh, fake vaccine cards, they seem to still be a, a growing problem. How can we tell the fake ones from the real ones?
1: Uh, this is tough. And, you know, they're very very—they're uh, very easy to, to make counterfeit copies of or just individuals. There's been stories of individuals just stealing them and, and taking them from different pharmacies. So, Every single dose of the vaccine has a unique serial number. And to the extent that, that folks are going as far as, as, you know, forging those or making those be uh, invalid numbers, that's that's going to be a big concern. But ideally, those numbers should be matched with a central database. And that's what's being worked on right now. So that it's not your physical card that you can just show and easily duplicate or create. It's going to be that that card links to a verification centrally that those lot numbers and vaccine numbers are in fact legitimate and are in fact the ones that you received. Once that happens more electronically, we should be able to have a website or a QR code or something that will be a standard for us to show a documented vaccination status.
0: Our last caller is standing by. Here's Mary Lou in North Park. Hi, Mary Lou. Hi, thanks for taking my
1: question. Um, I have a niece who tested positive, uh, in COVID when she went to college in, uh, the fall. And then she tested positive again in the spring. Um, she was just told to go home and, um, quarantine. I'm, my question is, is there a policy for following up? There was no follow up on her. She didn't get tested for a variant. She didn't get tested for antibodies. I was just wondering if there's a a policy. I, I would think that she would be a perfect candidate for more research. So being infected in the fall and then reinfected in the spring, if more than 90 days have passed, that isn't something that really sets off the alarm signals for uh, anywhere, any health department, because the natural antibodies that developed after the first infection likely waned to the point where she was vulnerable to getting re-exposed. So we definitely uh, do look for variant strains in some patients that have had repeat But that is selected sort of randomly from the health department, who is very much aware that um, if someone has had two separate positive tests, they may request in the background another test or a copy of that test or that sample to run testing further. But it is likely that she got a routine run-of-the-mill strain uh, the Time around as well because of uh, those waning antibodies. At this point, 14 days after this most recent diagnosis, uh, she should go ahead and get fully vaccinated.
0: That is Dr. Mia Termina, infectious disease specialist from the DuPage Medical Group. She is here every Friday to talk about the latest updates on COVID-19 and to answer your questions. Dr. Teramina, as always, thank you. Thanks, Sasha. Want more context on the top issues of the day? Find the podcast, WBEZ's Reset, wherever you listen.
1: Thanks for listening to the news live on WBEZ and NPR. The WBEZ stream sounds great in the kitchen on your smart speaker and anywhere on the WBEZ app. Listen every day.